We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures, visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, Daniel, how do you feel about breaking the laws of physics? Oh, boy, that needs some context. It really depends. Oh, yeah? On whether you have a good physics lawyer to back you up? <laughs> it really depends on which law you're going to break. I mean, you might get a misdemeanor. In some cases, you might even end up with a felony. Really? There's a range here. All right, so then what's the equivalent of getting life in prison? For physics, Joe. I think they put you in a room with a cartoonist. <laughs> oh, no, they're the worst <laughs> offenders, really. <laughs> uh, but really, but when you hear about an idea that breaks a law of physics, even if it's a big one, are you hoping it's true or are you hoping it's wrong? Well, you know, anytime somebody claims to disprove Einstein, I get pretty skeptical because that's been tested a lot. But in my heart of hearts, I'm really hoping that someone disproves a big law of physics like relativity. I mean, that that's how we learn something new about the universe. Mm, that's a good spin. I think I'll hire you as my physics lawyer. In that case, you're going to go to physics jail because I am not a good physics lawyer. Jorge, I'm a cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist. And I once thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I got argued out of it. Oh, yeah? Wow. History almost went a different way for you. <laughs> yeah, I was big into debate in high school, and I liked arguing, or I thought I liked arguing. I did a lot of it. But then I discovered that, you know, in debate, there's sort of never really any truth. You can just persuade people of anything. Wow. And in the end... I liked physics because it had a hard nugget of objectivity at its core. You're like, I want certainty, just like in quantum physics, <laughs> where everything's for sure and there's no fuzziness. <laughs> well, I want objectivity, you know. The universe comes down on one side or the other. You try the experiment and it either works or it fails. You can't persuade somebody something's right if the experiments say no. Mm, at least on a probabilistic kind of sense, right? 
there is certainty. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, we are certainly uh, starting our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. In which we talk about all the amazing things, certain and uncertain about the universe, the things that we know and the things that we do not yet know, the things that work and the things that we are still working on. Our goal in this podcast is to educate you about everything that science understands, everything that science is still working on, and everything that human beings wonder about. That's right. All the things that are possible out there in this big, beautiful universe of ours. And also maybe all of the things that are impossible in this universe. <laughs> things that cannot be or that we maybe wish they could be. And history is filled with examples of scientists saying something is impossible and then somebody coming along and proving them wrong. So one of the most fun experience in science is pushing that boundaries, developing something new, is understanding the universe at a deeper level and figuring out something that we thought was impossible and maybe even giving us a tool to explore the universe. That's right, because, you know, sometimes some of the biggest ideas in physics have been, they, they thought they were, they were impossible, you know? Like when quantum physics first came out, people thought, were like, that's crazy. Why would nature be like that, right? Even Einstein thought it, it was kind of impossible. That's right. Sometimes you have to change your perspective and open your mind to something totally new. On the other hand, sometimes the universe is just hard and cold and it's says no to your idea. <laughs> it's impossible to deal with this universe. <laughs> but yeah, so today on the podcast, we'll be talking about one such idea, which today uh, sounds kind of impossible. In fact, it has impossible in its brand name. Are we talking about impossible burgers? <laughs> Ooh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> it sounds impossible to resist. That's right, because one struggle plaguing humanity's desire to explore the universe is just physically getting out there into the universe. The universe is frustratingly, amazingly, beautifyingly vast and enormous, which makes it difficult to explore. And so to get out there, to get to a neighboring star, to find those aliens, to visit black holes and unravel the secrets of general relativity and quantum mechanics, we need a device, a drive that could actually get us there. Yeah, maybe we need a, an impossible idea to solve a seemingly impossible problem. And so today on the podcast, we'll be asking the question... What is the impossible drive? And is it possible, possibly, in a possible kind of way? I, this, is a, this is a very certain podcast episode here today, Daniel. <laughs> is it possible the impossible drive may possibly be possible? While eating an impossible burger. <laughs> and watching Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. That does sound like an impossible combination of things to pull off all at once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is a, kind of a crazy idea. I have to say I had not heard of this before getting your notes this morning. And so it, this is all sort of an idea to solve the problem of how to get across space, like how to get to distant stars without having to bring a whole bunch of fuel with you. That's right, because there's just a basic problem in getting to those stars. Like you want to get to those stars, they're really far away. Mm -hmm. All right. So to get really far away, you have to get going really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And to get going really fast, you need an engine, something that's going to push you. And the current rockets that we have, you require a lot of fuel. So you can do like a pretty simple calculation and ask like, how much rocket fuel would it take to accelerate a very, very small object, you know, something like a toothpick up to, I don't know, 5% of the speed of light. Really? The, hmm. kind of, the kind of speed that would make it take like only 100 years to get to Alpha Centauri. Wow, so if, so if my spacecraft was just a toothpick, 
0.1 grams, how much fuel would it take to get it to Alpha Centauri within like 100 years? Yeah, and the problem is that your spaceship is not just a toothpick. It's a toothpick plus all the fuel, right? Your fuel mm. has to push the fuel you're going to need in the future. And so right. if the payload is just a toothpick, then most of your rocket ship is actually fuel. And that means you need more fuel. And the more fuel you have, the more fuel you need. And so it grows very, very quickly. You, you got to like fill up the tank and take it with you. Yeah, exactly. You have to, you have to bring an oil tanker, not just like a little Prius. Exactly. And then you got to accelerate that oil tanker. That oil tanker also needs a tank of gas, right? And so mm. it very quickly grows to a huge number. And the number is actually ridiculous. Like in order to have enough fuel to get your toothpick up to 5% of the speed of light takes more mass than exists in the observable universe by a huge, what? by a huge number. How much? Ten to the twenty-two hundred. <laughs> so that's, that's not a number, 10. Daniel. You made that up. <laughs> it's impossible. I, I didn't make that up. There's an impossible mathematics behind this. It's just it's frustratingly difficult. A one with two thousand zeros in front. Yeah, and, and it's not hard to imagine how the number gets so big. I mean, say your spaceship is the size of Jupiter. How much fuel are you going to need? You're going to need as much fuel as like the sun. All right, well, now your spaceship is Jupiter and the sun. How much fuel are you going to need to push that? Well, you're going to need like more suns. So it just grows very, very rapidly. All just to push this toothpick. So the lesson is chemical rockets that require this kind of fuel are not going to get us across the stars. We we need a better way, right? One where you don't have to bring your fuel with you. That's right. One where you don't have to bring your fuel with you. That's the idea. Even if you use like, you know, is this with current? Fuel technology, you know, like, you know, the the current rocket fuel, or is this like imagining, like, what if we invent fusion drives or, you know, we manage to invent fission drives? Yeah, the basic limitation is that you need something to push off of. And so it's not so much limited by the technology of that push as to just having to carry the fuel along with you. Oh, I see. Like how much mass you have to expel in order to be pushed to the speed of light. Yeah, precisely. So there's this cool, crazy new idea out there, this EM drive, sometimes called a impossible drive, that some people think may have the possibility to overcome this problem. And that's why they call it an impossible drive, because it seems to violate some laws of physics. But some experimenters out there claim to have built one and made it work. Wow. And this came to us from a question from one of our listeners, right? Russell Ollert. Yeah, he wrote to us about a year ago and said, hey, can you guys explain this drive to me? Is it impossible? Does it work? Could it actually get us to the stars? Uh, And it's taken us a year to answer, just to... (laughs) Well, I built one of these things. I went (laughs) went to Alpha Centauri and I came back. I mean, I do some real field research (laughs) for these questions. Did you think I was just Googling? You you know, we don't want to just give you an idea and say it's impossible (laughs) or not possible. We have to see for ourselves. That's right. I'm an experimentalist. I back my answers up with real research, man. This is not just Googling around, okay? Mm, right. So we're actually recording this from a toothpick <laughs> as, we're, as we're making our way to <laughs> Alpha Centauri. Right. Toothpick Podcast Studios, Inc. <laughs> well, as usual, we were wondering how many people out there had heard of this impossible drive or EM drive. And so as usual, Daniel went out there into the wilds of the internet to ask people, what is an EM drive and could it ever work? So think about it for a second, if you had ever heard of it or not, and a physicist asks you, what would you say? Here's what people had to say. An EM drive I haven't heard of. I'm going to presume that EM stands for electromagnetic and drive is some sort of propulsion system. So maybe some sort of rocket booster or engine that doesn't require fuel, but relies on electromagnetic waves to propel itself. I think theoretically it could work. 
but it's on the realm of theoretical uh, relativity, but nothing has been done about it. There, supposedly, you need a lot of energy to make it work. An EM drive, I think, well, first of all, it sounds really familiar. Like, I like a lot of sci-fi, so I it's a term that, like, has come up a lot. And I think it doesn't exist yet. And I think it also has to do with time travel, mm, but I'm not sure. I'm so excited to look it up later. An EM drive is an electromagnetic drive that functions by putting a lot of microwaves together. Currently, Toshiba and General Electric have the best ratings by Consumer Reports. Anyways... You put a bunch of these together and shoot microwaves out one end to get the ship to go in the opposite direction. It definitely doesn't work and will kill the grass in your backyard if you attempt to achieve launch. I have no idea what an EM drive is. I'm assuming that means electromagnetic, but I'm not sure, so I have no idea if it'll work. I don't know exactly what this is, some kind of propulsion, but I don't have any idea. I have never heard of an EM drive. So I'm going to guess that EM stands for electromagnetic. And of course, drive means it's some sort of a of an engine um, with that can use electromagnetic pulses to th- create thrust, I guess. I don't know what an EM drive is, but I do know another type of drive. It's called the infinite probability drive. It was installed on the Starship Heart of Gold, and it was, and it is still in use today. I can't explain it properly, but I know it's more possible than a warp drive. Sorry, Daniel. No idea. Maybe a device for traveling around the universe? I have no idea what is an EM, EM drive. So the EM drive, I've heard, uh, it's not the Kinne drive where it's uh, slotted resonance space. Um, but the idea is that momentum is quantized. And so if you have a smaller space on one side and a larger space on the other side, it can bounce back some kind of microwave frequency, I think, and create propulsionless thrust. But I don't think it's anything that actually works. I don't know what an EM drive is exactly. I think it'd be electromagnetic where you're using some kind of electromagnetic reaction to throw particles out of the back of a spaceship to accelerate it. I suppose that would work, but it's probably not what you mean. All right. Not a, not a lot of recognition, but some people seem to know what it was. Or maybe they just latched onto the electromagnetic part of it. <laughs> yeah, some good guesses there. And some people had definitely heard about this. And this really made some waves pun intended, about 10 years ago. So there was a lot of splash in the media about this drive. And then recently mm. there's been some more news. And so I'm not surprised that a few a few of our listeners have heard about this discussion. Oh, nice, nice. I guess my first question is, is it vegetarian? Does it come from plant-based products <laughs> like the Impossible Burger? No meat was harmed in the creation <laughs> of this Impossible right. Drive. Only laws of physics were totally destroyed. <laughs> And all life depends on the laws of physics. So I don't really know, oh, is man. it vegan to break the laws of physics or not? I need a ruling on that. We need a better physics lawyer or a physics judge, <laughs> I guess. We need to go to the International Court of Physics. <laughs> Cosmological Court of Impossibility. 
right, well, let's, let's step through it here. Uh, first of all, what is it and where did this idea come from? So the idea for the EM drive is to try to build a drive where you don't need to bring along with you something to push against. Mm. You don't need something to have a propellant. And remember that all rockets that we've ever invented so far have two basic elements. One is some source of energy, mm -hmm. you know, like fuel or laser or something. And the other is something to push against. And this comes from the conservation of, of momentum. If you're going to move left, the only way to do that is to push something else right. That's the only way, really, in the universe. That's the only way, yeah. Right? There's no magic in the mm -hmm. universe. <laughs> Not that we're aware of. And the law of conservation of momentum is very, very deeply ingrained in physics and has been tested a zillion times at, you know, the scales of galaxies and particles. So we're pretty confident it's true. And it just basically says that momentum is conserved. So momentum doesn't mm. change. You can take a brick and split it in half and send one half to the left, but then you have to send the other half to the right so that their momentum balances. Like if your brick right. initially has zero momentum, in the final state, it also has to have zero momentum. Wow. There can be motion, there can be kinetic energy, but there has to be zero net momentum. Right. So it's almost like if you want to go to Alpha Centauri, you have to push yourself there almost. It's like you have to, if you want to get your toothpick to Alpha Centauri, you have to push the equivalent of a toothpick in the opposite direction. Yeah, you have to sit in your ship and throw stuff out the back. Right. Right. You know, some people out there wonder, like, do rockets work in empty space? Because they imagine that rockets work by pushing on the air. They're not pushing on the air. They're just throwing stuff out the back. Right. Because if they want to move forward, something else has to move backwards. So the, the whole system, the combination of all the original stuff has the same momentum as when it started. Right. And this is pretty familiar. Like if you fire a gun, right, you're pushing a bullet and there's a recoil. So imagine, you know, the rocket example is the bullet is the stuff you're pushing out the back and the gun is your rocket. The one way to power a rocket ship is to stand in the back of it and shoot bullets out the back. Oh, hey, that's an idea. <laughs> so have you guys thought about that one? That is basically the idea. I mean, that's what a chemical rocket mm. is, right? You start a big explosion right. and focus all the stuff and shoot it out the back. Right. And that's why it goes. Mm. You take the energy and that energy is used to push stuff out the back. So right. that's what a rocket is. But it needs those two elements, one, energy, and two, something to throw out the back. Right. Because you can't just stand there and throw things out the back. You would get tired. <laughs> you need the, you need some energy to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the... Well, it's like you can't push yourself up by your bootstraps, right? You can't stand in your spaceship and like get it going by pushing on the inside mm. of it. Okay. That's the basic idea of every rocket we've ever had. You need energy and you need something to recoil against. You need propellant to throw at the back. Right, right. And then the problem is that you need to bring that mass with you, yes. the stuff you're going to explode with you in order to keep going. Yes. And then you need to push that stuff, right? So right. you need to today push all the stuff you're going to need tomorrow and the stuff you're going to need in a week and in a year. And that stuff adds up, which means today you need even more stuff to push. And that's how you end up with you know, a spaceship the size of Jupiter just yeah. to go to Alpha Centauri. The payload the size of the sun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the idea for the impossible drive is like, well, can we skip that step? Can we somehow have a drive that doesn't need any recoil, that doesn't mm. throw anything out the back? Wow. Like um, something that somehow violates the laws of conservation of momentum. Yes, exactly. And that's why it's called the impossible drive, because it would totally violate the laws of conservation of momentum. <laughs> Or, you know, maybe there's something else going on. Like if you build a device 
that seems to violate the laws of conservation and momentum, that means that either one, you screwed something up in your experiments, mm -hmm. two, momentum isn't actually conserved, right. you know, which would be like a huge deal. Or this momentum is conserved, but there's something else in your system you weren't aware of. You've like discovered some new force field or some thing in the quantum foam or something, right? So you've learned something about right. the universe. And at that point, like, why would you want to go to Alpha Centauri? Just stay here and monetize <laughs> your amazing <laughs> physics breaking idea. That's right. Your impossible foam or whatever it is you discovered. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, so this is a different class of ideas. This EM drive is a different class of ideas than ideas like a solar sail. Right. A solar sail is another really cool way to get to high speeds. But the idea there is you sort of leave the engine at home and you push the photons and they get captured by your spaceship which just gets pushed by those photons. Right. And so your whole engine, you can think of it like as the laser that stays home and the sail is the part of the ship. Right. It's like you, you're, that's the different idea where you kind of catch things that are out there and use them to kind of hitch a ride. Yeah, exactly. That's a different mm -hmm. idea. But that requires some like huge laser focused on your ship from really, really, really far away. Right. This would be a drive that you could take anywhere. You could use it to lift off the surface of the Earth and zoom around the whole galaxy and get up to really high speeds. I mean, it sounds awesome. Wow. I want the impossible drive to be possible. <laughs> I want a car with the impossible drive. <laughs> I do, yeah. I'm going to take it to, you know, uh, the burger joint and buy an impossible burger. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it sounds too good to be true, almost. It's kind of like a Tom Cruise movie, almost. But let's get into how it actually works and whether or not it's possible or possible and what people have done about it. But first, let's take a quick break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. 
Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. All right, Daniel, we're talking about the impossible drive, which is maybe a crazy idea that violates the laws of physics, but which could potentially get us to other star systems and other galaxies because it's a it's a tough problem. It's a tough problem and we should keep an open mind. We should think, hey, some fresh ideas out there could crack an age old problem or reveal something new about physics and the universe. So we should definitely not just scoff and dismiss. We should analyze it. That's right. But then we also have to be skeptical. We can't just take every crazy idea as true. That's right. You got to eat that impossible burger just to see for yourself. <laughs> Because it, maybe it can't taste just like real meat. Or maybe the Beyond Burger is beyond the Impossible Burger. Who knows, right? Data is the only answer. Oh, is there a Beyond Engine also? <laughs> Not yet. I'm working on it. Oh, I see. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's beyond the scope of today's podcast. <laughs> beyond my NDA agreement I have with you. We'll have to edit that out. All right. Well, uh, maybe I'd That's step right. us through. How does this Impossible Drive work? Like, what's the basic physics idea? or not physics idea behind it. It's kind of a crazy idea. And frankly, I don't really understand how it's even supposed to work. But mm. if you look around online, you discover some basic facts about it. So it's a copper cylinder, right? So it's made out of metal and it's a cylinder. It's got two flat ends like a cylinder, but one side is bigger than the other. And the idea is that this kind of copper cylinder is a resonant chamber for microwaves. So microwaves are just a kind mm. of light. They're kind of photon. You put them in there, and this chamber is the right size for them to bounce around and sort of add up and build on each other. Interesting. So they can hang out inside, reflect back and reinforce themselves. So you put microwaves in there, they should just, just sort of bounce around forever. It's like a bottle that can capture microwaves. Really? They don't get absorbed into the metal or anything? That's the idea. I mean, they do a little bit, but if it's the right shape and the right material, then they mostly just reflect. It's like fiber optics, mm. you know, you have this reflection of light in the interior if you have the right angle and the right materials and the right interface between the materials in the resonant cavity and the thing that makes up the cavity, you can get almost total internal reflection. All right. So it's kind of like a resonant cavity, right? Where microwaves bounce inside and somehow that gives you superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're bitten by that cavity, right, then you get that cavity's proportion of strength. <laughs> That's right. You become the impossible man or woman. No, the idea is so you have a bottle with microwaves bouncing around inside of it. But then if you make your bottle bigger on one side, so it's a cylinder, if one side is bigger on the other and then it sort of tapers, mm -hmm. and the idea is that the radiation pressure on one side is bigger than on the other side, just because you get more microwaves hitting one wall of the cavity than the other. Mm. And so then they think, well, if you're pushing on the left side more than the right side, shouldn't that generate some thrust? Shouldn't that push this thing? What? Because there's more force on the left than there is on the right. That's the idea behind the EM drive. And by radiation pressure, you mean like the, the force that the photons are making on the cavity wall. That's right. Because what happens when a photon reflects off a wall is it pushes against it. Just like if you bounce a ball off of a wall, it's pushing on the wall, right? It applies a force on the wall and the wall applies a force on the photon. Mm -hmm. And so the radiation pressure is just that. When a photon gets bounced, it gets pushed and it's also doing some pushing. Right. It's a, we talked about it in a previous podcast. Like if I take a flashlight and flash it at you, I'm actually mm -hmm. kind of pushing you a little bit and I'm being pushed back, even though mm -hmm. it's just a flashlight. And so imagine, you know, you have a gymnasium filled with students and each one has a bouncy ball and they're throwing the balls against the wall. If one wall is bigger and it's getting hit by more balls, the idea is there's more force on it. 
And so is the whole gymnasium then going to like lift up off the ground and travel to Alpha Centauri? <laughs> that's my that's my idea for wow. <laughs> okay, this is sounding impossible already. But what's the history of this thing? Like who came up with it and why is it so hard to find information about it on the internet? It has a pretty sketchy history. Um, it comes from a guy named Roger Scheuer in 2001. He designed this thing. He had this idea and he designed it and he built it and he claimed that it worked. He said, I built it and it worked, but he didn't really share any evidence of it. He just sort of claimed this was true. Didn't publish or anything? Didn't um, let anyone see the device? No, he never published a paper. He could just, it was sort of a, you know, always promising something else. He's like, he's promising the next version. He's promising the new results. He's promising the next round, but never actually wow. delivered. And this guy was just an inventor, a physicist or a lawyer, what? Tom Cruise's brother? Yeah, you know, he's an inventor. And so he has some technical background. And, you know, he was shooting big. He was thinking, hey, could I solve a really big problem? Mm. And he had this idea and he claimed that it worked. But, you know, in science, you can't just tell people that your idea worked. You have to prove it. You have to describe the details. People want to understand it. Other people will want to build it and test it for themselves. Right. If this is something which is true and physical, it should be true in other people's labs right. also. And if we want to build EM drives, we can't just rely on one guy in his basement. We need to actually understand the physical right. principles. It can actually be impossible. It has to be possible. <laughs> it can't be some magical fairy dust that he sprinkled on it in his garage. All right, and some, some scientists looked at it, I think, right, in 2006? Yeah, well, in 2006, there was a lot of coverage because mm. Robert Troyer is also, you know, he's good at the PR. And so he managed to convince the New Scientist magazine, which is a magazine with very high readership, in 2006 to write an article suggesting that this thing might really be true. And that article received a lot of criticism by science really? writers because oh. it sort of glossed over the fact that there's a basic problem with this drive. Like it violates lo the law of conservation <laughs> momentum. Like it shouldn't work. Uh -huh. So the fact that he claimed to have built it and made it work you know, need to be reported with a, a big, big piece of salt. Oh, I see. They didn't show enough skepticism. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so this is roundly um, ridiculed, but other people were interested. And so then there was another guy, a guy named Guido Feta. He's just a marketing executive, but he got really interested in this and he built another version. He calls it the... What? The Cane Drive. Cane. Like a can't? Like can't? Cane. <laughs> like, uh, like impossible was taken. So I'm going to go with can't because that sounds like impossible. Yeah, it sounds to me like an Irish expression. Like, you can do that. But uh, <laughs> they can <ain't>, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure the linguistic origins of it. But he had some contacts at NASA and he found some folks at the NASA Eagle Works labs to try to test this. What? Thing. Oh, said, no. Yes. And he's like, all right, I built this. Please test this. Tell me if this thing can work. Uh-huh. Wow. So they, like, and big, like, actually NASA got involved now. Yeah, there's a question about whether it's actually NASA or some people at NASA, right? You know, like, oh, I if, I, if uh -huh. I do an experiment in my lab and I say, oh, my gosh, I've overthrown the laws of physics. Can you say the University of California has overthrown the laws of physics, right? I can't speak for the whole university. And these folks at NASA don't necessarily get to speak for NASA. Right. Maybe it was the custodian or the cafeteria worker at NASA who like pressed the button and then it's like, NASA did it. Well, it got a lot of attention because these folks at NASA Eagle Works Labs, they tested it and they saw a little bit of thrust. Like they claim what? that it generates a very small amount of thrust. Now, the amounts wow. we're talking about are really, really, really tiny. Like we measure thrust 
it's a force. We measure it in units of newtons. Mm -hmm. So like a one kilogram object on the surface of the earth feels 10 newtons, right? So a newton is not a small unit. Mm -hmm. But these guys, when they measured this thing, they measured like millinewtons, mm -hmm. like one one thousandth of a newton right. or even smaller, like micronewtons. I see. So what they measured were really, really small effects. Like they built this thing, they put it on the table and they felt a very small force when they turned it on. Interesting. Off. But it's not nothing. It's not nothing. I mean, exactly. a, a, a newton is like the, the weight of an apple almost. So it's like, you know, it's like taking a bite out of an apple. <laughs> it's like taking a very small bite out of an apple. A nibble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they put out a paper in 2016 saying, well, you know, we tested this thing and it doesn't seem to be impossible because we're getting a small amount of thrust. What? Yeah. So huh. that made a lot of explosions in minds and physics all across the world. Wow. Yeah, it was. This, then it got a wider press coverage. Yes, it got a lot of press. And a lot of that press, you know, skimmed over some of the important details, you know. Mm. You know, there were headlines in Wired, for example, saying, NASA validates impossible space drive. <laughs> Which I'm sure people at NASA woke up in a sweat over when they read that <laughs> in the headlines. Unless, unless it's true, then it's like, oh, we'll take the credit. Yeah, exactly. And Popular Mechanics wrote an article with the title was Space Engine Breaks the Laws of Physics. Wow. Juicy clickbait. Juicy clickbait. And so it was very exciting, right? People are like, maybe this is true. And maybe it doesn't matter that this drive only gives you a tiny little force because you can scale it up or we can improve it or we can, you know, pass it on to the engineers and said, we proved it's possible. Make it work, right? Make right. it better, more, make it more efficient. Yeah. Also, I mean, if you're on a toothpick on your way to Alpha Centauri, you know, you got time. So <laughs> even a little push would help. Yeah, even a little push, a little constant push without the need for propellant could get you to very high speeds. That's the whole idea of a solar sail. Solar sails do not provide a lot of acceleration. It's just a long, constant acceleration without the need for a really heavy rocket can get you up to significant fractions mm, of the speed of light. Right, yeah. All right, well, this sounds maybe like it's not impossible, Daniel. Now I'm really intrigued here. I mean... <laughs> Are we going to be uh, on our way to Alpha Centauri pretty soon? <laughs> or is that impossible? So let's get into whether it actually can work and what's going on with these impossible physics. But first, let's take a quick break. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. 
But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like how you feel when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, while Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording all this? So it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Personally, I've used Mint Mobile, and the calls are always so crisp and so clear. All of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's time to ditch your overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited time deal for three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, Daniel, it seems as we left it, NASA, or at least some people who work at NASA, validated this impossible space drive, uh, this crazy idea that somehow seems to violate the laws of physics, but that could maybe get us to another galaxy or another star. So what, what's going on here, Daniel? Is this really possible or is, is there something here we're not seeing? Well, you have to sort of hold your, your enthusiasm in check and apply your skeptical mind. Mm. Like we'd love for this to work. We want it to work. In that sense, we have a bit of a conflict of interest. It's just like when you listen to a story about aliens. If you want it to be true, then you're going to be less skeptical and you're going to like gloss over problems in the story. So you got to put aside your plans for Alpha Centauri and just ask yourself, like, does this make sense? Mm. And the first thing to think about is whether the experimental results are done carefully enough. Right. Because this is a very small effect. Like what they measure is, you know, the equivalent of like a fly landing on this thing. Mm. So you have to remove all other possible sources of experimental error. Right. And when you dig into these experiments, they're not done with the kind of care that you oh. need in order to really establish that this small thrust comes from radiation pressure wow. inside the drive and not something else. <laughs> like, like the air conditioner maybe was hitting on your device and pushing <laughs> it a little bit. You know, that you're not far from the truth. Like when you turn this thing on, it heats up because you're pounding microwaves inside of it. And if it heats up, then it's going to cause air currents around it. And so those thermal currents, if it's not in a really, really good vacuum, those thermal currents what? might be what's providing this, this micro thrust. Wow. Well, uh, I'm trying to, trying to get a picture here. So somebody actually built this, this marketing executive mm -hmm. built this device, this machine, and it got tested by some people who work at NASA. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, like this actually happened. This actually happened, yes. Like there was a room with people from NASA there with clipboards. And I'm sure they were wearing <laughs> white lab coats. 
That's and right. safety goggles and protective helmets and like and like this thing is humming. It's like zzz, it's running and they measure the force. Mm-hmm. But you're saying maybe it could have been something else. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a force from the drive. You have to remove all other sources of experimental error to convince yourself the force came from the drive. Mm. So the first tests they did weren't even in a vacuum. Mm. So who even knows if those results are just due to the air getting warm around it and differentially pushing on it because one side of it is wow. bigger. All right. Well, um, I mean, it sounds like you, you just kind of need to replicate the experiment. Has anybody tried or nobody wants to touch this? Yeah. So other labs have tried. Like so there's a lab in Germany and a lab in China. And some of these labs can't reproduce the results. Like they just don't see any thrust. Other labs have seen thrust, but then they show that this thrust was actually just an interaction between the wires that lead up to the EM drive and the Earth's magnetic field. What? Yeah. Oh, I see. The, the, the wires that create the microwaves, not the wires like leading up to the device. So, no, the wires leading up to the v- device, the ones that like, you know, power this thing. Oh. And so you know, we're talking about really small yeah. effects here. You know, it's like re- you breathe on this thing and that's a bigger effect than the thrust that they're measuring. Oh, wow. And so it's very easy to make a mistake. And, you know, you read these papers, they don't seem very carefully done. Mm. In that sense. They don't give you confidence in the experimental setup. It's it's sort of like, remember the cold fusion thing, like these guys measured some heat production, but there were all sorts of uncertainties and errors and other ways that could confuse the result that were potentially bigger than the signal they measured. I see. So the signal oh. these people are measuring is smaller than the, the noise in their system. Right. You have to be super extra careful, right? Like when you guys built the LIGO gravitational waves a telescope, you know, you had to bury it underground, you had to put it in the middle of nowhere, you had to track any truck passing by just to make sure that that wasn't causing the signal. Exactly. They can't just build a device and then it shakes and they say, hey, gravitational waves, right? right? They need to show that they're not sensitive to all the sources of noise that are right. nearby. And that's what this these folks have not done. Okay. And there's some really concerning things about the results, like Sometimes they get thrust even if the drive is backwards. <laughs> and they get they get thrust what? the same direction. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? That's the level of sort of experimental rigor that we're talking what? about here. Maybe it's um, mind control, Daniel. It, it operates on <laughs> wishes and unicorns. Like if you want it to work, it works. Yeah. And so I would not say that the results are conclusive. You know, I would not say that this thing generates thrust. Wow. Well, I'm impressed they actually flipped it around. You know, <laughs> like that shows a little bit of experimental rigor. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that was on purpose or they just sort of like, <laughs> you know, put it in backwards. <laughs> yeah, I see. Oh, man. We're throwing all kinds of shade at these NASA <laughs> scientists. And these are not NASA scientists. These are people at NASA, right? Oh, right. NASA did people. not stand behind this it's, result. It's done in their spare time. <laughs> That's in their right. garage, right. Exactly. Not with official exactly. white lab coats from NASA. They bought it off the internet. And, you know, it's hard to imagine how this thing could actually work, right? Just because you have photons bouncing mm-hmm. around inside a bottle doesn't mean that it's going to get pushed, right? It violates the law of conservation of momentum. You can't, right. you know, That's you can't pull yourselves up from your bootstraps, right? If you stand inside a box in empty space and you throw a ball against one wall of the box, yeah, that ball applies a force to the wall, but to throw the ball, you've applied a force the other direction to the floor, right? Mm. So you can't push a box from the inside. Right. As far as we know. As far as we right. know. That's, that's, that, right. that's what we that's how we think the universe works. 
But as you say, we kind of have to keep an open mind, which unfortunately kind of leaves you open to these crazy ideas. Yeah. And so the guys who wrote this paper, they know this and they understand that this thing shouldn't work. But they are <laughs> really. Yeah, but they wow. are seeing a result. And so in the paper, they put this really sort of amazing claim. And mm. I just have to read it to you verbatim yeah. because it's uh, <laughs> I don't want to paraphrase. They say that their drive, quote, is producing a force that is not attributable to any classical electromagnetic phenomena and therefore is potentially demonstrating an interaction with the quantum vacuum virtual plasma. Oh, well, that makes sense. (laughs) Oh, now I totally get it. (laughs) I was totally waiting for somebody to bring up the quantum vacuum virtual plasma. (laughs) Obviously, everyone. uh, Well, I mean, uh, I guess the typical person like me wouldn't be able to tell the difference if that's something that's real or not. Well, you know, there is a thing which is the quantum vacuum, right? We know that empty space is not empty, that it's filled with energy. Right. And we talked about virtual particles in a Mm -hmm. recent episode, right? Like virtual quantum particles exist. Yeah, because this energy that's in empty space can turn into particles and those particles live Mm -hmm. for a very short amount of time and then they turn back into energy or another kind of particle or whatever. So there is this sort of energy available. This is like frothing foam. But this is not a question of having a source of energy, right? There's already energy in this drive. This is a question of having something to push off of. Right. This is a question of momentum, right? Mm, But energy, mm, I mean, energy is mass. Could I say that? Like uh, Energy is mass. Like solar cells work on photons, which have no mass. Yes, but this quantum vacuum doesn't have like a rest frame. You can't push against it. You can't like change the net momentum of the quantum vacuum. That doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. What? Could I maybe capture this energy of empty? I'm just I'm rooting for these NASA garage scientists. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm playing devil's advocate. Could you like somehow capture the energy of empty space and like use it, you know, convert it to mass and push it one way? Is that possible? Well, you know, Jorge, I think you've thought about this more deeply than the guy who wrote that paper. <laughs> um, but think about what you're suggesting. You say capture the energy of empty space mm-hmm. and then convert it into mass and throw it in one direction, right? That would, right. that would mean it has now some sort of net momentum, whereas it didn't have that before. And that's the problem is that this quantum vacuum has no rest frame. It has no like net momentum, which you can capture. Like unless you're going to break the law of conservation of momentum, then there's no way to gain momentum for this device. Right. But I guess, you know, is the law of conservation of momentum related to the law of conservation of energy? They're sort of related, right? Uh, they are sort of related. In particle physics, we think of energy and momentum together. We put it together actually into like a four-dimensional vector. Mm-hmm. The way that you have like a four-dimensional space-time vector, right. three dimensions of space and one of time. We think of four momentum, three dimensions of momentum mm-hmm. and one of energy. And so these things are related, certainly. So the, right. the whole vector has to be conserved, but they're right. conserved independently. Like momentum in X is conserved separately from momentum in Y, is conserved separately from momentum in Z, and then energy conservation is also separate. Mm. So they're con- they're related, but they're independent, which makes for a very powerful constraint. Right. All right. Well, uh, it, it, there are ideas that maybe it's tapping into this impossible drive, it's maybe tapping into this quantum vacuum virtual plasma or energy. Is that possible or is that total uh, bunk? I think it's total bunk. And, you know, I did some reading about this and Sean Carroll says, quote, there is no such thing as a quantum vacuum virtual plasma. So that should be a tip off right there. 
There is a quantum vacuum, but is nothing like a plasma. You know, so he's pointing out there the use of the word plasma means that they're maybe not even really understanding what they're talking about. Mm. And I think that the way you're imagining it is like, can you push off against this plasma? Can you like impart some momentum on it the way you can like with a rowboat, right? You're like rowing against the the water and you're pushing against the water. So the water gets momentum one way, you get momentum the other way. I guess maybe is is a good analogy. Like if you're out in the middle of the ocean, you can't mm-hmm. just like with a, a bucket, pick up some water. Well, maybe you could. Yeah. So you can't treat the quantum foam like you can the ocean. You can't row your way through the quantum foam because all the energy there is virtual. It's like borrowed momentarily and it needs to return. It's not real energy in that way. It's a, It's quantum fluctuations. There's a difference between these virtual energy particles and the real particles. And so there's no like the way you're imagining it, like the ocean has a rest frame, right? There's like there is an ocean. It's a zero velocity in some frame. That's not true for this quantum vacuum, right? It's an inherent property of space. It has no rest frame the way that space itself has no absolute zero. Mm. For you to be able to row your way through space would mean that space had like some rest frame that we've never discovered before and would violate special relativity. Mm. All right. Well, worth a shot, Daniel. (laughs) Totally worth a shot. I mean, I only get to do physics two hours a week, so (laughs) I'm I'm shooting for the moon here with with the impossible. Rowing through space, that'll be the name of my engine. (laughs) That'll be the name of your memoirs, right? The space or. Space or. Or maybe it's just nonsense. Um, (laughs) But it's totally worth a shot and it's worth these guys thinking Mm -hmm. about it. And I love the ambition. You know, they say, all right, we built this drive. We agree it shouldn't work, but it kind of does. So maybe we discovered something new and crazy about the universe. Like, that's cool, but it has to also actually kind of make sense. Right. Well, you know, but like you say, you have to be skeptical, but also keep an open mind. Like maybe it is kind of, you have to admit a little bit possible for you know, our ideas about conservation of momentum and the vacuum to maybe Mm -hmm. be a little off. And maybe there is a little bit of a room there to maybe do something that seems impossible. Certainly. And we don't understand empty space and we don't understand this quantum vacuum. And there may be a way to interact with it that allows Mm -hmm. you to capture momentum in, in a way that we can't imagine right now. That's true. I don't think this EM drive is doing that. I think this EM (laughs) drive is just a fun device in a lab somewhere. I see. It seems unlikely that a little copper cone will somehow pierce the reality of the laws of physics. Yeah, because they've made no connection between how they've built this thing and this quantum vacuum virtual plasma. It's like saying, hey, who ate my chocolate chip cookies? I don't know. Maybe it was the quantum vacuum virtual plasma, right? Like, <laughs> Why not? You, you can't just... that's, that's what my kids say all the time. <laughs> it's not just an escape clause for everything, right? It's not the, something your physics lawyer could do to get you out of jail no matter right. what. You need like an actual mechanism, a real explanation for, right. for how this plasma, which you know people think doesn't even exist, how this virtual vacuum is somehow giving you momentum. Right. Why was I late to this podcast recording? Because, you know, the quantum <laughs> plasma was pushing against me and I lost my space ore. And that's why. <laughs> that's right. Also, I had to finish the Mission Impossible 5. It was on TV. So, all right. So I'd say overall, this thing is most likely hype and not going to mm. lead to anything. But uh, mm. I encourage people out there, experiment in your garage, try to make up a new drive because, you know, I want us to get to Alpha Centauri. I don't want to go myself, but I want humans to get to explore. Right. You don't want to ride that toothpake. You want uh, somebody else, preferably <laughs> smaller than you, to ride it. Yeah. There's not a lot of legs. Because you know, until we figure something out, it's gonna be it is gonna be impossible to make it to Alpha Centauri 
within a lifetime or a few lifetimes, right? I mean, we need we need an idea like this, like a crazy idea. Otherwise, we'll never get there. Well, I'm banking on solar sails. I think we build a big laser and a really big sail and you can take a really light craft and accelerate it to a high speed. So if I was investing mm. money in interstellar transport, I think solar sails are currently the best right. bet. Okay. How about a quantum plasma sail? That sounds impossible. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed <laughs> this little trip down impossible lane. And to it's, it's kind of amazing to think that maybe there could be devices out there that break the laws of physics. This one seems like a little bit impossible, but you know, it, it is sort of still out there that we don't understand the laws of physics enough to know whether these things are really conclusive or not, right? That's right. We don't know, and we should always keep an open mind to what might be out there. Sometimes people discover crazy stuff when they're trying to do something else. There's lots of times in the history of physics when things have been discovered by accident. And so while I don't think that this drive has cracked open the secrets of the quantum virtual plasma, keep experimenting, folks. Keep thinking up ideas. You may stumble across something amazing. It could be one of our listeners who breaks the laws of physics. And we get 1%. <laughs> That's right. And then you can represent them in the <laughs> cosmological court of impossibility. That sounds great. My fee is 1% of your Nobel Prize. <laughs> is that like a nibble of an apple? <laughs> That's just the core, yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. And keep thinking of the impossible. See you next time. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.